there's something about just Emery coming back to the Emirates. I, I really like that tie, and I actually quite fancy Villarreal on that one. Just because they're very similar in, to, in the way that Arsenal play, and Arsenal might get very frustrated if they're not dominating the ball. everyone's saying and you're listening to the beyond the gaffer podcast you're here with your boy Kaj and your co-host Dinesh and Dylan before we get on to the rest of the episode please follow us on our socials at btg underscore pod on twitter and instagram now we spoke about the champions league last week and now we're going to be looking at the quarterfinal draw for the europa league but before we go through that i'm going to give it to Thinish. how you been yeah i'm good mate i'm good um like I said, talking about Europa League today. And I think there's some really interesting teams to talk about uh, for the draw. So should be a good episode. How about you, Dylan? Yeah, cheers, Kaj. Yeah, doing well. I mean, not as excited as I was last week, you know, UEFA's secondary competition. It's not not, not quite the same, not quite no, the same billing. This is, but, the real, this is the real competition. Well, you know, mate, looking forward to it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this because uh, this is the first time I actually get to speak about my team, uh, the Gunners. So... Yeah, no. So we've had a difficult season this year. Uh, talking about uh, if you want to do all things Arsenal, but the quarterfinal draw has been quite friendly for us. We've got Slavia Prague um, in quarterfinal two, and we faced the. If we do win, we faced the winner winner of Dinamo Zagreb and Villarreal. So. If I want to go through this, I think it's a, a pretty good tie. I'm going to go through it in detail in terms of how we how we are. But what what are your thoughts? Finish. Yeah, I mean, you would be you would be pretty happy with that, wouldn't you? Slavia Prague, arguably the weakest side in that draw. Um, I mean, they're not really known to a lot of teams across Europe. I guess that a lot of their like their core players are quite local to them in the sort of our European teams. Um, I guess what we know about them is that. They don't really concede many goals, do they? They've only conceded 15 goals in 23 games in the league this season. So defensively, I think they're pretty sound um, and they set up in a 4-1-4-1 formation. So they've got that holding midfielder who sort of acts like the rock um, in between the midfield and the defence. And they they sit very compact. So I think they'll be a quite tricky team to break down. So probably not an opposition you can underestimate, but... I can't see Arsenal struggling in this one, to be honest. I think there's not really enough quality in that Slavia Prague team to to think they'll cause too many problems to the Arsenal defence. But to be fair, I mean, they've beaten Sevilla, they've beaten Leicester and they've beaten Rangers. So they've obviously done well to get to this point. So surely, yeah, definitely a team you can't underestimate. Again, like, not we don't know a huge amount about them coming from the Czech League. Um but undefeated domestically, not quite two very good sides like Dennis Shed and Rangers and Leicester. Um they, they fell out of the UCL, didn't they? Um, to Midtjylland, funnily, funnily enough. We lived within their group. Um, it'll be an interesting tie. I mean, Chelsea Chelsea had a bit of a game with them, didn't they, two seasons ago when they went to win the UEL in the semi-finals. Um, so I don't think it'll be a straightforward game for Arsenal, but I mean, the draw couldn't have been kinder. I think it's there to be... It's there for the taking for Arsenal. I think they'll be disappointed if they didn't make it through. And I guess quickly, just to touch on, I guess what's dominated for the last week, that Slavia Prague has been sort of the racism in, incident. Um, in the in the game against the Rangers, like I mean, it's shocking. Um, and I hope UEFA do something about it and clamp down. 
No, I completely agree with that. Um, if I want to speak solely from their team, I think looking at um, just some of the highlights against Leicester and uh, Rangers, it seems like they're quite dominant from their left left hand side. Um, with Stanchu and Peter Olienka being one of uh, some of their biggest threats. And funny enough, I think that's Arsenal's weaker side with um, Bellerin, Pepe, especially, well, Saka as well on that side um, recently. But that's going to be the biggest danger for Arsenal, in my opinion, in terms of controlling that side from Slavia Prague. I don't know if you uh, have any more thoughts on that before we go deeper into, well, Arsenal. Yeah, Stanchu is one of those names I recognise. I remember him from the Euro 2016 um, tournament he scored for a Romania, I think. So I think he's got a bit of a... He's pretty good on the set pieces, isn't he? So if they're going to score a goal, it might come from a set piece. And if anything, we know how Arsenal love to mess up these sort of situations. So uh, yeah, they they won't make it easy. But I guess let's let's look at uh, let's look at your team catch. What what do you think of Arsenal's hopes for for this tie? And how do you think you'll set up for this one? So. We've been going with like a four-two-three-one formation for most uh, since the start of December when Smith Rowe came through, and I think it's become we've become a lot better in terms of especially creating chances. So since I think from like September till really that Chelsea game, we were struggling to score to not even just score goals, just to create any single decent chance in a game. We probably had once to get one a game, but now since then we've scored over three goals a game in more than six games since the, calendar, since the start of the calendar year. And we should have scored more in Burnley and Wolves, but that's just for our players not taking chances. And I think the key to this will probably be having Party and Odegaard in, in our midfield. So since they came through, I feel like we've had a lot more control in games and you can really tell the difference when they're not there, especially with Party, because the biggest issue we had at the start of the season is that we couldn't move the ball from the starting phase in terms of the defense into our attacking midfield uh, midfielder and given because El Neni when you look at him play he just passes it sideways he doesn't really provide that those passes through the lines Shaka can do that but he's quite predictable and he's quite slow when doing it and Danny Ceballos is just really erratic when doing that so only parties there so he's going to be key and making sure he's fit um, to make sure that we go through I don't know yeah, Party is uh he's been really good, hasn't he? I like that he he carries the ball really well and he's he's a lot more than just a defensive minded midfielder. He he actually loves yeah. taking a shot, doesn't he, albeit a lot of them end up in Rosehead. But you know what? <laughs> he get he gets a lot of flack, but I think I I looked at just a clip of like Ces Fabregas like ten years ago, uh, when he was playing. His qualities are similar to him. Not not his shooting, don't get me wrong, but in terms of his passing through the lines, but also over like the defence as well. Like did any of you watch the Wolves games? I doubt you would have, but um, when we lost like 2-1. Oh yeah, I did enjoy that one. <laughs> yeah, but um, if you watch the first half, like Party was running the show and he was just part- threading balls over the top uh, to like Saka and so on. And he was just running it. It was like a masterclass in some ways. And that's what Fabregas used to do, right? And we need that. We just need someone like him to be able to enable the rest of the team to do go well because even against West Ham in the second half he just ran it and like Jacker became like non-existent and that's why he was subbed off for like Smith Rowe even against Olympiacos and, he did that I remember he came on yeah. you were 1-0 down at El Arabi scored yeah. and they were going for it he came on and he sort of just broke up the play you know you committed a few of those you know, you know yeah. nitty-gritty fouls to break up the play stop the momentum and yeah. he, you ended up seeing, seeing out the game so yeah no I, I'm with you there yeah, I think it's just like lazy analysis when you look at him because if you look at the profile of the player, you think he does different he does different things, but 
his technical ability is very, very underrated. And I think that's why he was probably more important than having an attacking midfielder purely because we we kind of had Smith Rowe, but he was just injured. I guess we had Ozil, but we didn't play him for certain reasons that Arteta's probably going to allude to. But um, yeah, he's also just really fixed that right-hand side because when Arteta came through, our attack was so dominated on the left-hand side with Kieran Tierney, Xhaka threading the balls over there, uh, Aubameyang, uh, Saka playing there most a lot of the time as well. And our right side was just so disjointed because we just didn't have those kind of like triangles or like that midfield uh, to connect it. And now with Odegaard also drifting to that side, I think... You can see see it even both in Saka being uh, better, but also in Pepe as well. And I think from our side, I, it's just a real emphasis on Party and Odegaard being key to going through. In do this you think time. he'll rotate? Um, obviously, given the UEL is probably the priority now. Do you think? Do you see a lot of rotation? Like obviously, like Chambers played against West Ham the other day. You know, Cedric and Cedric and Bellerin have sort of been rotating. Um, what do you think? Chambers had a really good game as well. Yeah, so. yeah. So the way I see it, I mean. The centre-backs, he's rotated, but I think he should definitely uh, keep Gabriel in the in the side. One, because I think he's our best centre-back. He's our most most athletic. He has a high press when it comes to being aggressively intercepting balls from the strikers. But also, he's our best defender when it comes to attacking the ball for winning headers and scoring God, goals. That header like that he, he scored was incredible. Yeah. That, that was, I think that was he, he, the, goal of the, the goal of the round for me. That was a brilliant header. We haven't had a centre-back like that, right? So we need players that attack the ball and he's one of them. I think he can rotate most of the side, uh, most of the players up front in terms of you can put a Bamming or Lacazette. You can put Smith Rowe on the left. Yeah, Willian as well. You know, that side. I know you love Willian. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. You know what? I feel like Willian is going to play regardless. I'm not. He saved, that. He saved he wins, you though in the last tie. So uh, I, I really I think saved I think, is a, saved is a strong it, word. <laughs> yeah, it's a big two, two exaggeration. Two Pretty much did most of the work. Yeah, two faded. I think. I think the biggest position he's going to he's going to rotate depending on this is the right back situation. I'm not really a fan of what Bellerin offers because defensively he's just how do you word it? He's not he's vulnerable. He he doesn't have the pace that he used to to recover areas like he used uh, like he used to, and he's also prone in terms of like runs in behind and so on and so forth, especially compared to Chambers and Cedric. And if we play Pepe on the right, I really don't want to see Bellerin because their their combination play is just so Beller. It just you really don't see the best of Pepe when you play him with Bellerin. Because it's just because when Pepe plays, he wants to kind of attack that inside zone, trying to cut in and be closer towards goal. But with Pe- uh, when Bellerin plays, he kind of just attacks the same zone as him, and he doesn't stretch the play or provide width. And that's and that's why you just don't see them two playing well. Maybe with Saka, but I just think he's going to be looking at chip putting Chambers or Cedric in there, and then Tierney on the left. But yeah, just on Odegaard, I I really like what um, what he's added to the team. I think he's He's that sort of missing link that you needed between the attack. Because like you said, you were very over-reliant on the likes of Saka um, for creativity up front. And I think now he's played more games with the team. You can tell that he's now found a bit of chemistry with the attacking players. I think when he started, he was making these passes, but no one seemed to be on his wavelength. Uh, But now I feel like the players are enjoying playing with him not only but they understand what he's trying to do and he knows the sort of runs that um like the Lacazettes and Aubameyangs are trying to make now yeah. so I think it's a really tidy player you can trust him on the ball um and do you think Arsenal will sign him in the summer I think there's a hefty fee they're quoting isn't it 50 mil I want him to be signed yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd put yeah. the money in there like I know we were linked with 
our from Leon, but we know what Odegaard actually offers now. I agree. I really like, like him. I think it would be a good yeah, He's young enough as well, isn't he? It's whether Zidane's probably 20, central to where he stays or not. Yeah, it really comes down to if Zidane still stays in Madrid. And I think he, I think he wants to, because he's moved around a lot. He was, he went to Real Madrid quite, quite young, didn't he? Didn't he? 15, 16, yeah. 15, 16, 16 wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He died super young. And he's moved around quite a lot. So I'm hoping he, he probably feels the love at Arsenal. So he probably wants to be, to stay there quite a lot. Uh, stay, not quite a lot. He, he wants to stay there. And I think he's really forming like one of those leaders in the, in the dressing room. So I think he, I think he will. If he wants to, I think he wants to, just depends on money and so on. Um, yeah, no, I think that talk, uh, that's about it from Arsenal because I'll probably want to talk about more, but we'll talk about it on another day. But before we move on to Man United, your thoughts on who will win? The Arsenal between... yeah, yeah, it should be yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah, I think Arsenal should be comfortable for Arsenal, shouldn't <laughs> it? Yeah, I I think so, but it's just I think the second leg being away might be the uh, only. It's because I, wa- I, I watch Arsenal enough to know that I, nothing's ever. The guaranteed only reason you lose it will be because of your own individual device, mistake. Basically. Individual yeah, mistake. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, the problem. Yeah. That's the individual mistakes, like uh, passing out of the, from the back exactly. or something like that. I, I can imagine that. That's uh, that's it. But yeah, um, yeah. Let's we'll come back to Arsenal later on in the episode. But um, we've got United now, so they are facing Granada, and I'm gonna let. I'm going to speak a lot less uh, <laughs> in this side, but um, but um, yeah, no, that I think that was the best draw that they could have gotten. What, what do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, no, I mean, look, they've already disposed of Spanish opposition in Real Sociedad. I mean, Granada, it's their first season playing in Europe, I believe. Um, and they've had some good scouts. You know, they knocked down Molde last round. I think they knocked down Napoli round before. But they're seeing what, eighth in La Liga? I mean, they, they really shouldn't give United too much trouble, trouble. Like, if I'm looking at all the ties, this is probably the most one-sided tie where I expect United to win heavily. Like, I, I will be very, very surprised if United do not go through here. I think, I don't think Granada will offer much resistance. I mean, like, there was, Real Sociedad was supposed to be a, I would, would argue would be a harder tie and AC Milan. I'd argue the last two ties United have played were harder than this one. Um, and they came through those, uh, albeit AC Milan was a bit of a difficult game. They came through those. So I don't expect Granada to to pose much of a threat, but I, you never know. I mean, like to, Europe, Europe does something to, to certain teams, you know, and they get that, they, they get that bug where they seem to go on runs. Um, and the fact that it's their first season in Europe, imagine if Granada could go all the way, it, it would be something else. The, the thing is they've conceded 46 goals like in La Liga. I think it's the worst defense. I mean, I I really can't see past United for this. I know it sounds like it's just a lazy analysis here, but I just think they're way too, this like player for player, they're just a lot better than Granada. I don't know. Your thoughts, Dylan? Uh, finish. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's pretty remarkable they've made it this far in the Europa League, I think. But credit to them, I <sighs> yeah. think their head coach, Diego Martinez, has done a really good job. And to be fair, they were in the second league of Sp- the second Spanish league two years ago. So to think they're in, they're playing in the quarterfinal of Europa League against United. Like, fair play to them. That's pretty incredible. Um, I will defend them a little bit because I think their team is actually pretty decent. It's a lot better than I expected when I looked at it in more detail. They've got players like Maxime Gonalons, who I was a big admirer of, someone who was linked to Newcastle quite a lot. Um, he's at Granada now, and he's sort of their anchor in midfield. And uh, Domingos Duarte at centre-back, he's a, he's a really good, tidy, tidy player on the ball. He likes to play out from the back as well. So I think they've got a really solid spine. With of course the the legendary Roberto Soldado up front, who Spurs fans will will love to remember for only scoring penalties for them. So he's like thirty five now. He's thirty five. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, this, so they've got they've got some the... they've got some experience in there, considering that 
they they don't really spend a lot of money at all. They work on a shoestring budget. A lot of these players are on loan. Another player, Kennedy. Yeah, Chelsea, um, Newcastle then, isn't he? You know him well. Another, exactly. He was he was good for us at Newcastle. So he's still on loan at Chelsea, actually. I don't think they've sold him yet. So Typical. <laughs> and they have another player from um, Man City, I think, on loan, who's done really well from them. Uh, he plays in the field. I can't remember his name. But it's oh, not yeah, a bad Yangel team, Herrera. to be fair. Yeah, Yangel Herrera. That's right, yeah. yeah. I think he's done really well for them. So it's, it's not a bad team at all. But like you said... United are arguably the favourites for this now. Um, should we go this very go dominant from like a? Should we go approach this from like the United perspective, right? The way I see it, if United don't win, it's going to be down to them, right? It's going to be like like you mentioned with Arsenal. Yeah, it will be a same so situation. What do you think, when I looked at them, especially they're such a weird team, man. They I know they had like probably fatigue from beating AC Milan in midweek, uh, in midweek, but then they went went to lose to Leicester, who, to be fair, are a very very good team with a great midfield, right? But their midfield is probably their biggest issue in when it comes to approaching get. Uh, maybe not this game, but it will be further on in the competition. I don't know your thoughts on that. I still don't think he's worked out his best midfield. Like I mean, I was very surprised that Pogba came off. I mean, and he's like, and but and Van and, Beek, yeah, exactly. I mean, he, I, he, I can see he's trying to rotate. Like Van der Beek, he looked a bit anonymous against Leicester, but then people are comparing it to Bruno, and, and it's, they're just completely different players, and you can't do that. Um, but I, I still don't think he's worked out his best midfield. Like he tried to give everyone a rest on on Sunday against Leicester. You know, then Shaw, Shaw had to come on, Bruno had to come on, and Fred didn't have the best game uh, in a United shirt. But it would be down to them, like you said. To lose it, like the the player for player, United have got the beating of Granada, and uh, and I think Oli 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 probably knows that, um, and I think they're not really in the top four battle, so I wouldn't be surprised if it is a bit of rotation um, going into the going. I, I don't know, I don't know about that because it's what it only takes a few losses for them to really get back into a bit of a dog. It fight does, but every time we think I think United yeah. will lose, they pull out, they pull a, like a rabbit out of the hat. You know, they beat went to beat Man City when everyone thought that you know City were on a bit of a run, and their running is not like the worst. Uh, they've got a bit of a buffer, so I I I, I think he might start rotating. Because um, they played a lot of football this season, like Bruno, Luke Shaw, they played a lot of minutes this season. Um, obviously, they were playing now during the international break as well. So we'll see what happens. But it will be down to United if they don't win this game. I, I'll be, I'll be sub- very, very surprised if they get knocked out. I think, like I said, they could probably win it in the first leg if they can put if they can put enough goals past them and sort of take it easy from there. But they've got the match winners to to win this game, don't they? We know what Bruno can do. Even though I don't think he's played a lot of them. Um, minutes in the Europa League like so because he's rotated a lot but like the likes of Greenwood Rashford these guys will will win the game for them and like like you said with um Luke Shaw I think he's been rotated a lot hasn't he Tellers has been playing in the Europa League so if they he's, need him he's brought, he's brought the best out of Luke Shaw this season I think do you not think yeah, that extra competition 100%. such a good threat on that left hand side so like we said United should have more than enough to to beat Granada fairly comfortably in this one Again, it would just yeah, it would just be their own downfall. I think if if they somehow manage to lose this one, but I think they can wrap this up pretty comfortably. Yeah, I mean, I think we can go into United a bit more in detail. I think the way I see it, they are definite semi-final contenders, and I see them being the masters of their own downfall. I think so, they're favourites, actually. You know, I think they're favourites for the competition. Yeah, I, I, I think I, they looking have to at be. those eight teams, I actually think they are favourites. Uh, Okay, so this is a thing. If you want to go, let's do it now. I think they're favourites, but this is where Oli comes in. I think, I think they've got the talent to win it by far. But is Oli the manager to take them, help them win 
uh, actual I, trophy. I'll let you know in two months. When it cut- <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, it's easy to. I get what you mean though, because Mourinho made it look so easy. Like everyone was really pissed off when they won, but they he no, made it look easy because that's what he does. His ties were easy, but he made it look and exactly, easy. Exactly, you can only beat what's in front of you. So I mean, exactly. So maybe he's a yeah, poor semi-final it record. Though, Oli does have a poor semi-final record. Yeah. What is it? Four semi-finals he's lost now. Um, lots of the quarterfinals of Leicester. Quarterfinals, I mean, Leicester lost as a severe last a season. It lost already lost in this Carabao Cup to City this season in the semi. So we'll see. I think it's a nice transition into who they could play, I guess, in, in terms of Roma and Ajax. Because, I mean, that is a that is a cracker of a tie, I think. That's probably the tie of the round. It has to be, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, okay, so we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about United's chances against the winners of Ajax and Roma. But yeah, what's your thoughts on that game, Dinesh? Yeah, like I said, probably, yeah, probably my favourite tie of the round. And it's really interesting because I think it's a very much a tactical mismatch in that both these teams can play completely the opposite to each other. Ajax is a very, they play some brilliant football. They're very fluid in their attack. Um, and they always seem to find a way to, to smash it in these European competitions, whether it's Champions League or Europa League, considering that they always sell their best players. I mean, this summer they sold Ziyech and Dest, and they've now managed to un- unearth some some youngsters now, like in Ryan Gravenberch, who's been... He's been brilliant. What what a player he's become, and I'm sure and only 18 years sell. old. <laughs> exactly, and they'll probably sell him this season, unfortunately. So, but yeah, I think I think they're a really good side, and probably the dark horses for me. I think to to get to a what? final, um, Ajax. Ajax, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think their pedigree in Europe uh, speaks for itself, and the fact that they're still playing with Tadic as a false nine says it all. They still they could still play this way without a proper out and out striker. So they've got some brilliant players, and I really like them. What do you guys think about Ajax as well? If United go through, I think, and if they go through, I think uh, Ajax are favourites, to be honest, for that. I'm looking at the stats, obviously, given that I don't watch them enough, but they score on average 3.19, like a match, so on average over three goals a game. They concede less than one at 0.73. And I'm looking at the Europa League ties, they don't, yeah, and it's, I know it's hard to analyse in different leagues, but they don't seem to concede many goals at all, so... I think I see them favourites, especially against Roma. And Roma don't look defensively that that great um, compared to them, and that's why I see them. I mean, Roma is still in a battle for the top four in Serie A. I mean, they're in a, they're in a yeah. huge battle with like Napoli, Lazio, Atalanta for that top four space. While Ajax have got the league sewn up um, in the Eredivisie, so they concede like two. They've got two clean sheets and uh, thirteen away. I think they concede a goal every forty-seven minutes in Syria. So especially against a, a very strong Ajax attack that probably uh, it's probably not looking good for them on that side but I, I really like Roma I think they're a very like they're a very traditional Italian side don't they they like playing their 4-3-3 um, sorry not 4-3-3 a 3-4-3 which is a, like sort of very classic in terms of pushing the fullbacks in Spinazzolo and Karlsdorp, um who will just bomb on um, and I like to see a very uh a very classic English uh, of sort of Premier League attack in Pedro, Dzeko and uh, Mkhitaryan, who I think are playing really well together. So they're a good side. Can't underestimate them at all. I think uh, it'll be a really good, a really good attritional tie. Roma are very patient in their build-up. They'll be hard to break down. And Ajax will look to capitalise on the space and behind the wing-backs. So I'm really looking forward to watching that one. Yeah, fair. I think it's, uh, yeah, like you said, it's the tie of the round. Um uh, the, so the last tie we can then talk about is Villarreal uh, and Dinamo Z- 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 Zagreb. 
I butchered that name again, guys. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but um, you know what? I, before we mention that, I want to have a special uh, mention about Spurs because they bottled it <laughs> massively in that tie against Adina Zagreb. And I don't know how they didn't get go through. And yeah, your thoughts on that game before we go on to that tie? I mean, I watched, I didn't watch the game, but I watched it from extra time onwards. And when that Orsic scored his hat-trick, I, I mean, honestly, did you see the celebration on the pitch? They knew what they had just done. They're probably the greatest night in their, in their European history, right? Spurs did a Spurs. Spurs did a Spurs. Spurs, and, Spurs, and, uh, did Spurs. I, I, it was awful, absolutely awful. Like, if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be absolutely fuming. I mean, they, they could have won the... I would not I, want no, Marino, They could have won the first leg by more than two. They got a two-goal lead, and that, in Europe, that is That's enough. the thing. They missed some really big chances at the end of that tie. It was, they they should have gone into it 4-0 exactly. up, Exactly, and, they, and yeah. they paid the price for it. And now Mourinho's looking at... I don't need to speak too much about Spurs, but obviously he's looking at a potentially another trophyless season. They're, they're in a, another, again, another battle for top four. It's not, it's not looking good if yeah. you're a Spurs fan, I've got to admit. It sort of felt like I wasn't even surprised by the end because the way Spurs were playing, they sort of resigned to just letting yeah. um, Dinamo just attack them and they just had the confidence to just go and score the goals and what a performance from Orsic. Yeah, yeah he's, I mean, he's I a really, really tricky player, isn't he? Yeah, I don't want to make this fully Spurs. I just want to say they did a Spurs, in it? They were shit. <laughs> but uh, they were. But um, no, but then if we talk about Dinamo Zagreb, it shows that you can't underestimate any team really in these ties. And I know we've kind of said, like, I know we said United should go through, but it's the same as, like, it's the same principle for them and the same here. And do you think they'll have the beating of Villarreal in this tie or no? I mean, I'll be the if I was looking at this, I probably wouldn't want to play them just purely because I feel like they're they feel a bit untouchable at the moment, don't they? And the confidence is so high. So, like you said, can't underestimate anyone in this sort of competition. But again, Villarreal is another one of those teams that are they're very seasoned in these sort of in these competitions. And I think on the face of it, you'd think that they would be the ones who would sort of take this tie and sort of dominate it, but. Dinamo won't won't make it easy for them at all. So yeah, I'm I'm not writing anyone off in this game. Yeah, no, I expect Villarreal to win. I, I, I again, you know, um, they've got great players like you know Paul Torres, Gerard Moreno. I think he's like the fourth highest scorer in La Liga this season. I mean, sixteen goals. He's got like sixteen, 16 goals, goals, five assists. Five assists yeah. And- they got the ex Dortmund yeah. player in, or is it Alcacer? Is that how you say it? Paso Alcacer. Alcacer. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, five goals and one assist and leading in I mean, Europe for them. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I, for me, I just really want to see the, the if Arsenal do get through, you know, Emery back at doing a knee slide down the Emirates. Um, <laughs> Man like Emery. Man like Emery. <laughs> That's what I, what I like to see. I mean, and it's out fascinatingly for that, but I expect Villarreal to, to win this tie. Um, and then they got, the, I think they got the second leg at home as well, which is always an advantage. And to be honest, I think. I think Dynamo Zagreb is like the best, one of the best teams to face because now that they 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 had their moment with Spurs, right? So you're gonna your guard's always gonna be up in terms of knowing that okay they can always come back into this. So you need to be hundred percent focused. You're not gonna take the eye off the ball. They'll and, probably suit Villarreal as well because they're yeah. such a like they're like similar to how Roma. They're like they're very traditional as a Sp- like as Spanish teams go. They play a lot of short passes. They take their time with the ball and they'll look to like capitalize on like any sort of mistakes. So I think they'll be so pain- patient in their build up that they won't be too worried. Like if, if Dinamo are looking to counter them um, and they'll play their game uh, however, however they want basically. So yeah, I think, I think Villarreal should have this one, but 
can't write can't write off Dinamo at all. So are you, is it fair to say that for between Ajax and Roma and Villarreal and Dinamo Zagreb, the winners are going to be that we all vote are Ajax and Villarreal? For me, that is that is, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'd probably agree. Yeah. So if we base it off our predictions, we we basically see it being United versus Ajax and Arsenal versus Villarreal. What do you, if that does go through? What do you think of those semi final ties? I mean, that's a cracking draw, isn't it? I mean, that United Ajax tie yeah. for me is oh, that is that is extremely tasty. Um, two very good footballing teams. Um, I see I see Van der Beek scoring an own goal just because he hits Oli. <laughs> I can see that. Um, but yeah. no, I think that, I think that should be a cracking tie to watch. Isn't it? It's a repeat of the final from what is it four years ago now? Um, when you know when United went to win it, and then obviously you can't discount the Emery factor when in the game against Arsenal uh, with Villarreal. I mean, it's always, uh, I mean, looking further ahead, I guess it's all set up. When the draw was made, I think all of us in the group chat went, you know what? Arsenal United final, right? Well, Arsenal United final. That's, that, that's toxic. That's, I know. That's, that's, but that, that's, that's how toxic, we saw it because we think the English teams are, are going to are going to go that all the way. Um, and I mean, I can't lie. It would be lovely to see a United Arsenal final. I mean, I'd love to see your tears, Kaj, you know. As a neutral, <laughs> yeah. As a neutral, yeah. But not. not um, but I think it's set up, it's set up for that. Um but I'm intrigued. I think I think the I actually think the United tie will be a lot closer than the Arsenal tie. If I I don't know, just something that says that I think the Ajax United tie is a, is, a, is, a, is a lot more difficult for United than it would be for Arsenal playing Villarreal. I just think Arsenal got the beating of of Villarreal, um, especially with the rotation and everything. I think Arteta will go all out for it. I think he knows this is his time to shine. There's something about just Emery coming back to the Emirates. I, I really like that tie and I actually quite fancy Villarreal on that one. It's just because they're very similar yeah. in, to, in the way that Arsenal play and Arsenal might get very frustrated if they're not dominating the ball. Um, and the likes of like Parejo, this guy will just find one pass in behind a very shaky Arsenal defence. So you never know. I, 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 you I you quite... say shaky Arsenal defence, right? But I know from watching Emery manage us that the way he sets his teams, you're going to get chances. Like, I remember when when we had Emery as a manager, right? We regularly ha- were facing, even from like the bottom five teams in the league, like 20 shots a game. So imagine that happening for us. Like we're going to score against them. I'm confident that we could smash them. But obviously wow. with Emery is Big just a Europe. Smash I, them. Smash we, them. All right, this is the thing, right? If Arsenal don't go into the final, this is a huge failure on Arteta. Like... I can even understand if you don't go into the final, if you had the if we're facing Ajax, because they're a much better team in my opinion than Villarreal. But there's I don't think there's any excuses for not going into the final from Arteta's perspective. I think you're on yeah, the easier uh, side of the sorry. draw. I, no, sorry, you are on the easier side of the draw, and I, I I agree with that to an extent. I think the draw is set up for at those four teams. Arsenal are the best team on that side of the draw, and they should get to the final. There shouldn't be any excuses if you don't make it I, I agree with you there uh, you, the, you're, you've got the best team out of the four although I think Villarreal will be tricky but I do expect you to win that game I don't think I could call the United Ajax tie still just I can't just purely because we know what Ajax could do they're, they're such a dangerous team and I can I can fully see them I can fully see them scoring in that game it's just whether United can put their chances away they create so many chances it's just the conversion. Um, it's it's not that though. It's United's big game record is a bit needs a lot to be desired, but I think it's because it comes from the, the mindset in terms of they're going out to attack. They're quite defensive in terms of their approach, especially in the Premier League. Right? Do you not think that well, I might guess be these their sort of undoing? one-off games are completely different to a sort of Premier League type where I know I know like a lot of the bigger games that they've played, they've taken a lot more of a defensive-minded approach, but. 
you'd like to think that Oli would take the initiative in this one and go out and win it. But like you said, I, I don't know. I, I do kind of fancy Ajax as well in this one. So it may be set up for a, an all English final. And I do hope it is because I think that'll be really good, a really good watch. Um, but I do, fa- I do fancy either of those teams to, to cause an upset. There is something about Ajax though, like because they were in Liverpool's group in the UCL. Um and, and and Liverpool actually managed to do the double over them. Um, they, I don't think they actually they actually scored. But how um, how were how were they get, yeah, the game? Yeah, I mean, was it like tough or just. I mean, the, the, it was very very yeah, different. Like the, the first game when we were, when we played there, I, I we I think we we're under the back foot for a lot of it, um, and then we nicked the goal and and sort of and won that one nil. And it, and but in the second leg, I think home we played a lot better. But again, like Ajax couldn't score, and I I don't know and how. How they'll fare against this United defense? It's, it's, it's. I don't know. On his day, it's really good. Like against City, when they play yeah, on the day, they're really, really good. But this is what I mean. It's, it's such just, a, it's such a weird. When they're bad, they're analyze, bad. Right? They, like when they're bad, they like against Leicester last week. They, he, oh, oh, he, I don't know. I still Even think they should. Maguire can um, be really good at times. It's, it's laughable saying that, but they can be either really good, or just really, really poor. I don't know. No, Sorry, I was just going to say, I, I don't think they should have They should have beaten Milan in the last time. Milan probably should have had the beating of them, but they just didn't have the the firepower to put away the chances that they had. And essentially they won because Pogba saved them um, that, that's in the second the key, leg. Right? So yeah. I can fully see that happening. And Ajax have got the goal scorers to, to nick a goal and win the game if if they can. So... It's not a it's not an easy one for United. I'd argue that's that's the tougher tie, and yeah, um, I couldn't call it to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think the last thing I want to mention with United is I think for the key for them to win is Paul Pogba. I don't think it's going to be Bruno Fernandez because his record in the big games has not has been there's a lot left to be desired. And I know the stats back it back it up for him in terms of how good of a player he is. But I think when I look at maybe it's it's lazy analysis here, but when I look at my Twitter feed with all these United fans, when it comes to analyzing Bruno, he's an end product kind of merchant, if it's disrespectful saying that. But when it comes to like sustaining attacks or or especially moving from one ball to the other, like the counter attacks, he's quite poor in that he always provide fails to provide the act, that the f- accurate final pass compared to players like Pogba. I don't know if your thoughts on that. I mean, he's and, still a match winner, isn't he? But we know that yeah. Pogba is he's so influential when he's on top form. Um, and I think it's it's odd because I think Bruno struggles to play with Pogba in the side purely just because I think Pogba picks up a lot of the pockets of space that Bruno would usually find. Um, so Bruno might find himself sitting a little bit deeper than where he'd normally play if Pogba wasn't in there. But I think they've got the match winners to to take that game and, and win it. It's just whether they can take those chances when they come. Who do you guys think? Yeah. Right, should we wrap up? Who do you guys think going to win the Europa League? Do you want me to start off the initial? Yeah, go for it. All right, cool. I'm going to go with Arsenal. One, because... What a I shock, Christ. What a shock, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a shock. I know, look, I have to back my team, but also because, look, no one thought that we'd win the FA Cup last year, right? When we beat Man City and we bought, beat Chelsea in the route to the fight, on the route to winning it. And Arteta's record in the big games is actually one of his biggest strengths. There's a lot of things you can criticise with him, right? In terms of his rotations, him trying to be too clever. But when it comes to the tactics in the big games, he always seems to deliver deliver and i think this team is a cup team uh, and it's built for the big games and doing really well in just for 90 minutes but not on a consistent basis and that's why i favor him to win and our draw re- or not relatively is easy i don't look as good as united is united are ollie still hasn't beaten Ar- arteta and 
I don't see Villarreal's Emery. Look, I haven't watched him, but I know Emery well enough to know that his team is going to concede chances, especially his first, second leg, even when it comes to the finals, uh, 30 minutes. Like you saw the PSG collapse against Barcelona all those years ago. He was managing that. I, I fancy us to, to the final and I fancy us to win it. But yeah, that's my ran over <laughs> fair, fair enough i'll keep mine uh keep mine shorter <laughs> I, I i i yeah. as much as it pains me to say it's a liverpool fan uh i think united are going to do it i think they're tournament favorites i mean the squad is there um yes the arguably difficult draw um but i think they have the quality to win it all the luck you never know look if they if you know at final it could go either way but if i on paper and and looking at it, all the circumstances i'm gonna back united Yes, fair enough. After after listening to what Katja said, I, I actually find that really interesting. Um, and I agree. I think, em- sorry, not Emery. That, that's a disrespect to Arsenal now. Arteta seems to find his... See, uh, arguments, in it? I'm not so good, <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> he, he seems to find his mojo in these big games. So you know what? I'm going to back an Ajax Arsenal final and I'm going to back Ajax yeah. to win it. You <laughs> <laughs> thought I was going to say Arsenal, didn't you? I did think. I love it. But to be honest, I do. I see. Yeah, I see Oli losing in the semi-finals again. I, I just do. Um, maybe it's just a big. Just watch how this is a Granada Zagreb um, final, but we've all got it wrong, boys. So we've all got it wrong. <laughs> to win. Yeah. Let's go. You know what? If Arsenal United are in the final, or even Arsenal in it, we are definitely watching this in the pub. Hopefully, when lockdown. Yeah. Big preview yeah, session. That'll be a yeah, big preview. That'll be a very good one. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a big, big preview. Well, obviously, the UCL would be priority, and you know, this is you for second, second, no secondary cares. competition. No one, but no one cares about your competition, mate. No one cares. I hope. You know what? I said Liverpool will win, but I really hope City do. Actually, no, or anyone but Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, but I ain't gonna give you man more attention you had that last episode in it um yeah i guess that brings us to the end of the episode um i'm gonna give it back to you finish for you to end it because you right. love doing this cheers Kaj. as always guys thanks for listening make sure you're following us on our socials on twitter and instagram at btg under btg underscore pod and as always follow us on spotify and leave us a rating on uh, apple podcast as well see you next week